All right. Welcome, 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 women, to another exciting episode of Relentless, the podcast where we can't stop, don't stop, we won't stop. The Word of God is relentless and we run hard after it. As the deer panted for the water brook, so my soul longeth after thee, O God. I'm excited today to be able to share this new word with you on our next episode of Relentless, the podcast. And as is my custom, uh, I'd like to give a shout out today. Um, I really want to remember and include all of those churches, nonprofits, and other organizations and associations who have really supported me down through the years. Um, Your support and um, invitations have meant everything to me down through the years. So I, I do indeed thank you. So my shout out today goes out to Grace Baptist Church of Vacaville, Pastor Reggie Brown and First Lady Felicia Brown. I say like Paul, um, when he thinks of, when he thought about the church at Philippi, he said, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You have been kind to me down through the years. I have not forgotten it. And I pray God's richest blessings upon you and yours. So as I prayed about um, what to share today, and of course, um, all of the circumstances and situations and problems plaguing our world are heavy on my mind and um, you know, and it's not lost on me that it's heavy on your mind as well. So, um, the Lord impressed upon me that even at a time like this, that we should still be in a posture of praise. And sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard to push a praise through, but, but, but I, I encourage you today to do it anyway. Um, So in that vein, we're going to look at Psalm 31, verses 22 through 24. Psalm 31, verses 22 through 24. And again, I'll be reading out of my favorite, the King James Version of the Old Testament Scriptures. Again, that's Psalm 31, verses 22 through 24. And it reads this way. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your hearts, all ye that hope in the Lord. Again, verse 24, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your hearts, all ye that hope in the Lord. And with that verse in mind or those verses in mind, we're going to talk today about taking hold of the hope. Tell your sister, take hold of the hope because things are going to get better. Come on, it won't always be like this. Tell your sister, take hold of the hope. All right, so in an effort to be an effective communicator, I believe that one way to make that happen is to define our terms. So there are three words we're going to talk about today, take, hold, and hope. 
All right. First word, take as a verb. It means to get into one's hands, to grab, to seize, to receive, to possess. Ephesians 6 says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Verse 14 of Ephesians 6 says, stand therefore, just stand. Even at a time like this, it's important to remember that we, we can't sit at standing time. Somebody said, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. So you've got to take unto you the whole armor of God. You have to seize it. Ain't nobody going to just give it to you. You've got to take it. As in taking control of your own emotions. As in take advantage of opportunities. Tell your sister, you've got to take it. Because ain't nobody going to give it to you. You've got to take it. Take what? Hold. Hold. As a noun, it means a grip. A fixation, a grasp. As a verb, it means to embrace. The song says, be sure, be very sure that your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. That rock is Jesus. We can learn something from the trees when we consider the verb hold. The roots of the tree grow downward and they fan out. And one farmer said, they're in search of something. The roots of the tree are in search of something. They're looking for a rock, something solid and unmoving that it can wrap around and be stabilized by. So that it might bend, but it won't break. Oh, oh, tell your sister, take hold. See, see, see. Oh, there's got to be roots before fruits. You've got to be stable in what you believe, especially At a time like this, take hold of the what? Hope. Word number three, hope as a noun. It means trust, reliance, confident desire, faith, anticipation, positive expectation, and buoyant belief. I said buoyant belief as in something that floats. Why? Because a buoy is something that stays afloat. It will not sink. I heard somebody say hope floats. That was a pretty good movie by um, with, with Sandra Bullock back in the day. It was pretty good. Check it out. Hope float. In the midst of all the despair and everything in this life that brings us down, and we can just make a list of the things in 2020 that can bring us down, Despite all of that, we need something to keep us up. Hope is an elevator that only knows one direction. Now ask your sister, going up? The Bible says in Hebrews that hope saves us. Hope is more than a pretty girl's name. Hope is blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory, divine heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. Come on. Along with these three words of our theme, take, hold, and hope, we're going to look at three points taken from Psalm 31, 22 through 24. Point number one is the background of the psalm. That is who wrote it and why. Point number one, the background of the psalm. The book of Psalms is considered by many to be the songbook of the Bible. 
There are 150 divisions that are broken into five different categories. In these divisions, there can be found everything from exaltation of God, as in Psalm 27, where where the psalmist says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He is exalting God above everything and everyone. There is also encouragement of the saint, as in Psalm 1, where it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate both day and night. Also, you can find an ending to God's enemies, as in Psalm 83. It goes on to say, persecute them with thy tempest and make them afraid with thy storm. There is purpose in the Psalms. Tell your sister, there is purpose in the Psalms. There is praise and poetry. There is love and lyrics. There is emotion and devotion. Several different people are accredited with either writing or collecting the Psalms. Some of their names are Asaph. You may have seen them in the uh, King James Version of Scripture. He-Man, Ethan, or the sons of Korah. While this is true, however, a great many, 73 to be exact, of the 150 collected are accredited to a man named David. You remember David, don't you? The shepherd boy who attended his father's flock. The one Samuel was looking for. The one that the oil ran for. That brave boy who killed the lion and the bear for messing with the sheep. That ruddy little fella who slew a giant with, according to T.D. Jakes, a rock and a rag. Because he was bad-mouthing the armies of God. David wasn't having it. David, that misunderstood musician who was stalked by Saul the madman. David wrote love lyrics to the Lord while wandering in the wilderness. While a fugitive on the run from Saul, circumstances made him run toward God. And let let, let me talk about that for a minute. See, it's nothing like trouble to drive you to your knees. There's nothing like a problem somewhere to make you shut your mouth talking to other people and open your mouth and talk to God. Come on, it's nothing like some mess. To make you drown out everybody else and seek refuge in God the Father through Jesus Christ, his son. David wrote many psalms, including the one we're looking at now, Psalm 31. And and what I love about Psalm 31 is that it is a classic example of a song. That is to say, when you have a song, you start off with words. And then you get with somebody, maybe you yourself, if you are a musician, you get with somebody to put music to the words. And that musician is responsible for the timing. Come on, for putting you in the right key. Come on, put giving you the right note. Come on, because it's one thing to have poetry, but if you're going to make it a song, you need some music. Come on. You have to put, so in other words, David is saying, I need some music to go with my message. I need some orchestration to go with my oration. Come on. Although this is beautiful by itself, it'd be even more so with the right music. 
Come on, music has a way of calming the savage beast. You do know that David was called in when Saul the madman was was being vexed in his spirit and David playing on the stringed instrument calmed him down. Thank God for music. Thank God for music. So, so, so first, women of God, we've got the background of the song. There are 150 broken into five different categories. Many of them attributed to David himself. Background. Somebody say background. Now we have the backlash of the sinner. Now, now this is interesting. The backlash of the sinner. Come on, backlash. It means a sudden, violent, backward movement or reaction. A strong, adverse Reaction, a strong adverse repercussion or consequence, aftermath or revenge. It's what the haters had to say about David in this psalm. Now, now you do know David has some haters, don't you? Come on, let's look at verse 4. Again, so, uh, we're in Psalm 31, verse 4. He says, pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. Um, David was telling God, see, there's some sneaky folk called they, mm-hmm. they, they doing some stuff, um, behind my back, smiling in my face all the time, trying to take my place. Come on, some backstabbers, those secret, sneaky, quiet ones whispering in the dark, doing some backroom dealing, Lord, David is telling them. They're setting traps for me. Lord, I need you to get me out. The song says you dig one ditch, you better dig two. For the ditch you dig just might be for you. The Lord sees and he knows. I had a sister in our old church who used to say the Lord is looking and booking. You ain't getting away. Tell your sister the Lord is looking and booking. (laughs) Come on, it goes on. Look at verse 11. David says, I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors and a fear to mine acquaintance that they did see me without and fled from me. Now, now I want us to to, to kind of dissect this verse 11 here. This, 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 this wore me out here. Look at verse 11. He said, I was a reproach, a laughing stock, a joke. Among all my enemies. Okay, let's stop right there. Okay. To be a reproach or a laughing stock or a joke is bad enough, you know, in secret. But it's clear that David said um, this was among all, all my enemies. Now, an enemy are is one who is outside. Those that are out there somewhere, you know, the ones that talk crazy on Facebook. Come on, who unfollow you just because they mad at you? Come on. They, they, they don't agree with what you're saying, though you have the right to say it, that they mad and, and, and you know, cussing you out and, and all this kind of stuff on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Come on, Snapchat and, and, and snapping you up. Cause they don't like you anymore. So, so it, it, it's, um, when he says all my enemies is people out there, you, you don't know them, but they call you friend. 
you know, you have so many friends on Facebook, you don't really know them because they're usually friends of friends of friends. of friends. Okay, so, so it's this large context where we're talking about enemies. So much so that it becomes public knowledge. When you're on social media, it is very much public. So don't, don't put it out there if you don't want nobody to know. I'm just saying, if you don't want the feedback or the static, as we used to say back in the day, if you don't want that, don't put it out there because everyone has an opinion. So, so David first says in verse 11, I was a reproach, a laughingstock, a joke among all my enemies, those people out there with the public knowledge. In other words, I don't like her and now she done made it public and I know she don't like me and, and there we go. So it's just out there now. But it goes on to say, but especially among my neighbors. Now, now this is cold. The enemies are out there somewhere, but neighbors are a little bit closer. So, so it looked like to me, David just can't catch a break. I mean, have you ever been in a situation where you just can't catch a break? Everybody got a problem with you. Everybody got a situation. Ever had one uh, 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 yourself where everybody had a problem with you? You just can't find a friend nowhere? That was David in Psalm 31. Uh, For example, his home life wasn't that great. Now, you remember, God told Samuel to go down to Jesse's house. There you will find the next king of Israel. He didn't give him a name, didn't give him any kind of physical characteristics. He said, go on down there. Well, when he got to the house, all the the fellas were in the house with with Jesse. And and, and he's looking at him and and Jesse is pointing, okay, maybe this one, this one, this one, this one, based on outward characteristics. Well, David wasn't even in the house and they didn't even invite him in. Tell your sister, see, people have a way of counting you out. They don't consider you viable because they don't consider you valuable. But how many know man looks on the outward appearance, but it is God who looks at the heart. Tell somebody, don't count me out. No, I don't have to do it like you do it to get it done. Don't count me out. You don't know my story. Come on, somebody. David could not catch a break, had a problem at home. So much so that when it was time to go fight the Philistines, All the older brothers were down there already fighting with the army of Israel. David was at home with his dad. His dad said, look, take your brothers this lunch. Go down there and see how they're doing and bring me back word of how everything is going. Didn't even consider him a warrior. Didn't even consider his gifts, talents, or abilities. Didn't even consider. But God has a way of, of flipping the script, doesn't he? David has something for them. He has something for Saul, and he has something for Goliath. Took five smooth stones out of the brook, and he only needed one. Knocked Goliath right in the head. Killed him dead. What? See, see, don't count people out. You don't know where their strengths lie. But David was having a hard time in in Psalm 31. And and one of the things I want us to understand is, see, just because other people count you out, don't count yourself out. Keep doing what you do. You don't need everybody's uh, uh, um, um, input. You don't need their uh, accolades. You don't need them to pump you up because the Bible says he who hears in secret shall reward thee openly. 
And it's, and it's not over for, for David either. Look at verse 15. <laughs> it says, my times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Lord, do it. David is saying, I trust in you, God. My times are in your hand. They're not in control of this thing. Yes, he was persecuted. And in verse 18, um, let, let's look at verse 18. Let the lion lips be put to silence, which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Let the lion lips be put to silence. Listen, you ain't got to make folks shut up. You don't have to threaten nobody. You ain't got to do nothing. God has a way of, of, of getting folk off you. Oh, come on here. I'm a witness. God has a way of getting folk off you. Verse 18 says, folk were lying on him. Tell your neighbor, haters are everywhere. If you feel hated on, don't feel too badly about it. You are in good company. Ever felt like David misunderstood when you were only trying to help somebody? And in return, that somebody tried to kill you? Saul, Saul was so jealous of David. <laughs> Shooting javelins at him, chasing him all around the wilderness into caves, just just trying to wear him down, belittled and dogged out by his brothers, left out by his father. People won't like you when you start walking in your gifts. People won't like you when you start walking in your talents. People won't like you when you start walking in your anointing, but do it anyway. You will have the backlash of the sinners. But tell your sister, do it anyway. Succeed anyway, graduate anyway, pray anyway, praise anyway, dance anyway. Why? Because things have got to get better. So, women of God, we've looked at the background of the psalm. That is to say, there are 150 of them broken into five categories, um, the majority of which were written by David himself. We looked at the backlash of the sinner, that no matter who you are, you're going to have some haters. But tell your sister, hater rhymes with elevator. <laughs> and remember, the elevator only goes in one direction. Ask your sister, going up? We're going up. Up, why? Because we're going to look to the hills from whence cometh our help. All our help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Up, up up. Tell your sister, look up. All right. Here's our third point and we're going to hang our hat. We're going to be ready to go. Again, point number one, the background of the song. Point two, the backlash of the center. Point three, the backup of the saints. Oh, come on here. I said the backup of the saints. What? Backup. It means support, help, aid, or assistance. Now, as I see it, there are three areas in which backup is most needed. Now, you got to walk with me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little old school here, you know. Ain't nothing wrong with new school, though. But, 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 but my old school about to come out. All right. One area we need backup in is sporting. Sporting. All right. That is playing sports, athletics, baseball, for instance. So, when a ball is hit over the first baseman's head, for example, the right fielder serves as the backup. He's got to run up to try and catch the ball. As opposed to having the first baseman 
back up. That, that does not make sense. Backpedaling is, is, is a difficult way to catch a ball. We learned that early in training. I played softball for many years. And, and, and the first thing our coach would tell us, don't backpedal. Don't try to do that. Let the person behind you or over who has a better view of the ball, let them get it. So the right fielder serves as the backup in basketball. The coach sends in the first string players first. When somebody gets tired or gets injured or, 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 or you done messed up, he sends in the second stringers. Come on, somebody say backup. It's just what we do. It, it's necessary in sports. Second area we can use backup is singing. Singing. So here it is. We, we got to go old school right now. You remember the old Motown groups or, or the old Philly sound. Come on, I know somebody is hollering back at me right now. <laughs> there were certain groups um, that were known not only for their cold moves on stage, and you can't see me right now, but I'm doing some temptation moves and I'm doing some 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 OJ stuff right now. I, I, cold moves on stage, but 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 also for their smooth sound, that perfect pitch and that mesmerizing harmony coming right on time. Because of course you had. That one lead singer, you know, they, they, they sang almost all the songs and, and you could tell that was them. Oh, here they come. They, 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 about to, they about to tear it up. But, but, but when they get through, they get back in the group and they all sing together because yeah, you can have a, have a, have a cold lead singer. Oh, but it's that harmony coming in right on time. And that's called backup. You got to have some bad backup singers. Now, nowadays it's different because you have computers and, and, and synthesizers and all, all of that. One person can just push a button and they done sing soprano, alto, and tenor. They, they wasn't like that. You had to work with folk back in the day. <laughs> we, we got to practice and harmonize. That's why it was so cold. It was bad. All right, so I'm going to throw out some and, and, and y'all uh, come on in. Even though I can't hear you, I'm going to feel you, though. So, so who do we have? You remember Gladys Knight and the Pips. Smokey Robinson and the, come on, Miracles. Martha and the Vandellas. Diana Ross and the Supremes. What about this one? Harold Melvin and the what? Blue Notes. All right, that Philly sound. Somebody say backup. So we got sporting. We got singing. Lastly, the third area where we can use some backup is scrapping. Come on here. I know somebody understands what I'm saying. Scrapping, it means fighting. Come on, rumbling, tussling, mixing it up. Come on, throwing down when it's going down. Uh, 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 when it's about to be on, somebody just started some static, see? And, and you, you, I, you was minding your own business. I know it. It was not your fault. You remember in school, don't you? The threats would come first. You know, somebody talking smack in the class. Then the body gestures, you know, you know, pretending like they punching their hand and like it's your eye and they putting up a three for three o'clock. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that stuff happened back in the day. This is what David had to endure throughout Psalm 31. The haters, come on, the liars, the persecutors, the enemies. But it ain't nothing like having backup. That big brother you could call on. You walked a little braver and you, 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 you behaved a little better when you knew you didn't have to handle it on your own. 
they were there just in case somebody else wanted to jump in. I mean, you know, they, they were there just in case someone whose presence brings instant hope. So it is with David as he encourages us. We are not alone. God is that unseen warrior fighting for us. The Bible calls him that horse pawing in the valley, that mighty battle axe, Jehovah Nisi, the God who rides into battle already victorious. He is Jehovah Shammah, meaning God is here. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Things are going to get better. Why? Because of our backup, the Holy Ghost, who is our Paracletos. He comes alongside us to help us in times of need. Come on here. So much so that verse 24 says, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord. I said, be of good courage, even in 2020, despite COVID-19 and despite race relations and despite unemployment, be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. All ye that hope in the Lord, he won't let you down. Take hold of the hope. He will not leave you. Take hold of the hope. He is our blessed backup. Don't let go. Don't throw in the towel. He is faithful who promised. The souvenir tonight, ladies, as I get ready to leave you. God is our backup. A very present help in the time of need. And our backup makes the devil back up. What you say? I'm going to say it again. God is our backup and our backup makes the devil back up. Have a good day, ladies. I'm looking forward to speaking with you again next Tuesday. God bless you.